I grew up in Iran as a Shiite Muslim. My whole family were Muslims. We used to go to mosque and pray. But we always feel guilty and ashamed that we're not good enough for Allah, the God of Islam. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Leg. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution, God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Leg. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems and found answers in a real God. Today, we'll be talking about the idea of Muslims giving their lives to Jesus Christ and becoming Christians. But how does this happen? Did you know there are certain countries where it's illegal to convert from being Muslim to Christian? Those countries are operating out of something called Sharia law which is a book of legal laws that are inspired by the Muslim faith. According to Sharia law, Muslims who apostatize the religion of Islam are by law supposed to be sentenced to death. Wow, who would convert, right? Now, we know that there are thousands of Muslims becoming Christians everywhere throughout the world. Today on our show, we will have a Shiite Muslim from Iran, Ramin Parsa, who escaped from Iran because he was going to be killed for his decision to come to Jesus Christ. And today, he's going to share his story with us. Ramin, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Oh, my friend, it's not every day that I meet someone who knows the ins and outs of the Muslim faith and came from Iran and is now a Christian. So I think many people don't even have a context for this. I really want to hear what happened in your life to make this switch. Tell me. What is it like growing up as a Shiite Muslim in Iran, a nation that lives by Sharia law and strictly? I understand your mom was a very devout Muslim and you were praying like five times a day as a child. Yes, so I grew up in Iran as a Shiite Muslim. My whole family were Muslims. We used to go to mosque and pray. My mom, you know, would get up early in the morning before sunrise and pray, and we did the same. We were told if we do those things, we would get points to go to heaven, and more of those kind of rituals we would do, we get points, and eventually we might maybe go to heaven. So my family and I were really on a treadmill trying to earn these points. We were trying to earn God's love and the love that we always wanted. But we didn't know how to get it. And we were like doing those rituals, praying five times a day, fasting in Ramadan, trying to get those points to go to heaven. And it was a flat failure. Wow. So your faith was based upon a point system. So basically to go to heaven, you would have to be good enough. Did you feel like Allah could accept you? Well, we always felt condemned and guilty. And we never knew how we'd done everything right or enough. And we always feel guilty and ashamed that we're not good enough for God. And the God of Islam, Allah seemed so distant in helping, but he was so present in punishing. So I remember that every time a bad thing happened to us or a tragedy happened, people would say, oh, maybe Allah is punishing you. or Maybe you have done something wrong and Allah is punishing you. But then, you know, we would cry for hours and for days and for months for answer to our prayers and not even close. So that seemed that God is very hard to reach and very distant. Wow, what an interesting experience in your faith. So did you go through hard times in your life that challenged your beliefs? 
Yes, when I was 16 years old, I was going to a wedding, my cousin's wedding, and on the way, I was with some relatives in the car, and then the Sharia law police pulled the car over, and then they smelled the alcohol. Oh. It's illegal to have alcohol, to possess it, to drink it. And I didn't have any alcohol. I was 16 years old. And they took us to a confinement. They took all our clothes off. We were naked and poured cold water on us. And they began to whip us with a slash. And that was a turning point in my life that after being tortured there and being humiliated there, when we came out of the jail, we went to the court and we had to pay a fine. And after that, I began to question Islam and question the meaning of Islam. Is this the truth? Because I always was told, you know, that Islam is good, but these people make it look bad. I remember I used to go to school at age 11. I saw people being executed publicly, hanging from a crane. And they told me, oh, those are infidels and those are bad people. And when I was going to school, you know, in the school, every morning they forced us to curse Israel and America every morning. That's how we grew up. And when it happened to myself, I became the victim of the same ideology. I began to really question the meaning of this ideology and I began to question Islam. And I did a deep study and I began to intentionally read and intentionally pay attention. And I saw so much darkness in Islam. I saw so much oppression. I saw so much commandments of killing and fight and jihad and killing people simply because they don't believe in what you believe or simply because they don't become a Muslim. Mm. So I saw so much oppression. And after that, gradually I lost my faith in Islam. I could not believe this is God. I could not believe God could be this mean and oppressive. So after that, my faith was gradually crumbling, and that wasn't a good news to me. When I found out that Islam is not the truth, it wasn't a good news because, you know, it's like I invested so much time and energy and efforts into this. Uh-huh. And not only me, but my whole family, a generation, a nation. And that was the turning point in my life that I lost my faith in Islam. But then it led me to a depression and a hopelessness because then I began to ask the question, so if there's no God, then who made this world? If there is one, then who is he? And shortly after that, my father passed away. I dropped out of school. So it's like all these pains piled up and all these problems and tragedies piled up for me to abandon Islam. And after I abandoned Islam and my faith in Islam was destroyed, was gone, then I began to question the meaning of life. Okay, what am I doing here? And if there's no God, then what is the purpose of life? Why do we live 80, 90 years? We work hard, we go to school, we get a degree, we find a job, we get married, we have children, and then die at the end. And I was thinking, if death is the end, why not now? Why have to go through so much injustice and oppression and then you die at the end? Because, you know, you would see around yourself in the world how much oppression and people get executed and then wars. And I had these questions that I could not ignore. I had these concerns and questions that I could not simply ignore. I wanted to know God if he really existed. And if there was no God, then everything would be an accident and no purpose to it. So in the middle of that depression and hopelessness, and isolation, and I was just crying out to God, God, if you're real, show yourself to me. Mm. Because at the same time, I was looking around myself. I could not deny that God doesn't exist. Everything around me was telling me that there's a God. Look at the nature, look at the moon, the stars, look at the sun, look at the human body, look at the things around us. I knew that somebody must have designed this, but I didn't know who he was. And I was crying out to him and no answer. Until when I was 19 years old, I was very depressed. And one day, you know, in Iran, having a satellite dish is illegal. But most of people have them. You know, they buy them in black market and then secretly watch satellite to see, you know, what's happening the other side of the world. Wow. Having a Bible is illegal. Having a church is illegal. Being a Christian is illegal. So what happened was my brother had a satellite dish and I came across a channel. I was just one day out of desperation flipping these channels and I came across his channel. 
And this brother was talking about Jesus. He was saying that Jesus is the Son of God. He died for me on the cross, and he was buried, and he rose from the dead on the third day. And if I put my faith and trust in him, I'll be saved. Now, that was the first time in my life I heard that because I knew that Jesus existed. They told me that Jesus was a prophet in Islam and he was only one of the prophets. He just was a good person. He loved children. And then he left. And then the next one came. I was told that you know he was never crucified and he's not the son of God. But then I heard for the first time that he actually died for me, that he is the son of God. He rose from the dead and he's the savior. He's the Lord. And he's God who came into the flesh. And that was too hard for me to believe. I didn't believe in Islam anymore, but still I had this resentment toward believing that God has a son or God became a human. It was hard for me to grasp that. So I rejected the whole premise. I rejected the whole idea and I was still hopeless and depressed. Wow. So you rejected the gospel of Jesus right then and there. You know, I want to know more, but let's stop here because I want to learn more about what happened with your now shaky faith. Thanks so much, Ramin, for coming to share this on the show. Bless you, brother. Thank you. Great stuff. Let's talk more about this right after the short break. Hey guys, it's me again. Let me be real and upfront with you. People are calling in and getting saved and set free by the power of the gospel that is preached on this show through powerful testimonies. I remember one night I was working the phones and a man in about his 30s called in. He was a business owner who was addicted to cocaine and he was living in California. He said he was driving and he heard our show about a former drug addict and he felt convicted that he wasn't living his life right and he gave his life to Jesus that very night. To me, this is a powerful reminder that God is moving through this real and raw show to touch the lives of others. Will you help us reach other cities all across America? You may be able to donate maybe $5 a month, maybe $10, some of you $25, maybe more. Anything helps. Help us to spread the gospel to America as we are believing for a great harvest of souls for the kingdom of God in this time and in this era. But we can't do it without you. Don't just sit there. Go to awakeningthenations.com and join the movement to get these testimonies to help others. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show where we're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? To me, it's really sad that Christianity is completely eradicated from the nation of Iran. This is a lesson for us to hear, guys. I think in America, we got it really good. We can read a Bible anytime, even go out on the streets publicly and preach God's word. But because we don't understand a life without it, we take it for granted and we just leave it and go on with our lives. Maybe sometimes even forgetting about God. But truthfully, do our lives ever truly feel fulfilled? How about you? We're hearing a man who is so devoted to his Muslim faith. He did what he was told, tried to live a good life for Allah, his God, trying to score points to have this possibility of going to heaven. So it sounds very works-based or rewards-based. What is crazy is even though he believed there was a point system, something greater was working in the background. He didn't know if this belief was true or not. You can understand this when he told us that he constantly feared whether or not he would end up in hell or heaven. He was never sure. He never knew if the good things that he was doing was going to be good enough. But even though this belief is common in the holy books of the Quran, the book of the Islam religion, this idea somehow can enter even to the psyches of everyone, even people here in America. People all over the world, including Christian countries, fear that they will not be good enough on the day of judgment. What about you? How do you know you'll be good enough to go to heaven? Are you good enough? Will you ever be good enough? And then how do you know? The problem is you can't know if you have enough points because the truth about heaven is 
that salvation or heaven is not something that's earned. Rather, heaven is something that is gifted by a loving God, according to ancient scriptures of the Holy Bible. It's written in Ephesians chapter 2, 8 through 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. You see, salvation, meaning rescue from what we deserve, which is hell, and being rescued to go to heaven is a gift. It can't be worked for. That's why nowhere, including in the Quran, can you find a clear definition of how good you have to be to get to heaven. Because the truth is, you have to be perfect. You see, in the Bible, Jesus died on the cross for our sins. That means he lived that perfect life. He was that perfect lifestyle that we were supposed to live. But then he took the punishment for the sins of the life that we did live. So friends, you can get heaven today, not based upon your own merit system. But if you forsake that, and instead, if you take God's merit system, which is the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, I'm praying for the person right now who's saying, gosh, I don't know if I'm going to heaven. I don't know if I am good enough to make it. Lord Jesus, we take that 100% score that you did for us at the cross. You took our penalty. We receive that in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony, and I know that your life was touched. Did you know we have a Facebook page? Just search for Real Life Radio Show on Facebook and find out more about Real Life Radio guests, schedules, and events. That's Real Life Radio Show. See you next time.